Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Chef Special on the Believe Podcast Network. This is Patrick Honeywell. Today, my special guest is world champion and certified pizziolo, Will Grant, owner of That's the Sum Pizza on Bainbridge Island and Sourdough Willie's Pizzeria, located in Kingston, Washington. On today's podcast, Will talks pizza, discussing his apprenticeship starting at 10 years old, developing his pizza chops in restaurants across America, working with a 120-year-old sourdough starter, and competing in and winning first place at the prestigious Caputo Cup competition. At this year's International Pizza Expo, Will joins Nick Bogatz in holding two workshops, how to hire and train managers, and how to lead a winning team, followed by Will's seminar titled, Working with Sourdough. Hey, good morning, Will. Great to have you on the show today. Thanks for joining me. Absolutely. Thanks for the invitation. It's quite an honor. Hey, so... I want to talk a bit about a big show that you're going to be doing some workshops in and a seminar. But first, let's go over your history. You've got a fascinating history uh, in pizza and even more than that. Well, uh, uh, I have the honor of uh, being second generation uh, restaurateur in Pizziolo. Uh, when I was uh, a kid, my, uh, it was you know the, the early 80s and my parents were kind of looking around for different jobs. My dad had... Uh, I remember in 1980, uh, the Hood Canal Bridge had been struck by lightning. My father was a uh, a, 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 a foreman for a welding on the Hood Canal Bridge. And hmm. uh, he had made a friend with one of our neighbors. Uh, uh, his name was Phil Hausman. He lived up the street from us. And uh, uh, him and Phil really became good buddies. And uh, once the project was finished... Um, there really wasn't a lot of work in the area. My dad had, uh, he was a lumberjack for a little while, cutting down his own trees, sell them on the side of the road. He uh, uh, caught salmon and he'd actually sell salmon on the side of the road. And he was kind of a jack of all trades. Uh, we were lucky in the Pacific Northwest that we have that kind of uh, abundance of, uh, of natural resources like that. But uh, uh, Phil was uh, starting to make pizzas and do kind of a backyard pizza making contest. And my dad was the kind of guy that said, well, you know, I can do that better. So <laughs> they started doing a little uh, weekend pizza competition. And uh, hmm. my over the years, my dad said this was lots of different things, chilies and meatballs and stuff like that. So usually what will happen is it starts a competition, and that's what it was. And then after a while, they ended up marrying the recipes. And then they used Phil's great-great-grandfather's uh, sourdough starter from the, from the Klondike Gold Rush. Gosh. And uh, yeah, it was it was given to him in California by a family from the Yukon in Alaska. And uh, his great great grandfather used to make toys for the neighborhood and all the neighborhood kids. And so when this family from Alaska came down, he presented the new neighbors with toys and they presented him with this starter from, you know, 1890s something, 1887, I think, 1886. And, and uh, you know, that's where it, so it was his great grandfather taught his grandfather how to use it. And his grandfather taught him how to use it. And it was that same starter that they uh, started making these pizzas in the backyard with. So 
amazing. It was it was a neat neat concept. I remember being real little and you know having fun in the backyard and going to neighbors' yards. It was a really neat experience. And then, you know, the the bridge was fixed. They both were out of work and they needed something new to do. So they thought, why don't why don't we start a pizzeria? So that's when that's some pizza was born. Um, my dad was actually it came from one of those backyard. Uh, uh, one of those backyard cookoffs. I mean, when they finally made the recipe together, my my dad took a, his first bite of the pizza. He said, in a funny Italian accent, he said, "Now that's a, some pizza." And, uh, <laughs> what a great and name, huh. right? Yeah. yeah. Well, he didn't know it's even before the term "awesome," right? So hmm. now everyone goes, "Oh, that's awesome pizza!" Like, yes, but it's that's a some pizza. That's a some <laughs> a pizza. Yeah, with a little exactly. accent. So that, uh, so Will, that, uh, that's the Summer Pizza was the first uh, pizza restaurant uh, in Bainbridge Island, right? Is that where it began? Well, at that time, actually, at first it, it started in Kingston, Washington. That's where we lived at the ah, time gotcha. in 1984. And uh, then we, uh, after about six months, it was doing so well because we, we started up this pizzeria and uh, there was there was one pizzeria in Bremerton, which is about 45 minutes away. There was a place called Three Sisters Deli on Bainbridge Island that they had a little bit of pizza, but you know, the chains weren't out here yet. There was no, there's no pizza out here. I think even on the West Coast at that time was just like Godfathers and uh, was it the uh, the Round Table, whatever that one is. So there really wasn't any pizza over here. So the the day we opened up that system pizza in Kingston, there was a line two blocks down. It was it was kind of crazy. We had no idea they'd be they'd do so well and. Uh, you know, especially using a sourdough starter, which, you know, that was our secret ingredient. We didn't want to tell anyone about it, especially in the 80s. You know, say the word sour, no one wanted anything to do with it. So, That's they, right. yeah. So it was it was really kept a secret until recently that I actually started sharing it, that uh, no one ever knew we used a sourdough starter. And actually, I have a fun story on the, the first week we were open in Kingston. I uh, It was my job because it was the 80s. I was six years old. It was my job to sit in the back of the truck. And hold up this thirty-gallon trash can full of sourdough starter and make sure it didn't fall over on the on the trip in. Well, oh man! <laughs> so here I was, this little kid holding up this big uh, this big you know trash receptacle full of starter, <laughs> and and it was my job to make sure it didn't fall over. Well, they had fed it the night before. They fed it over seventy-five percent full, and it was the middle of, or the beginning, late July, early August. So. As we're going down this bumpy dirt road to get to downtown Kingston, which is very rural, even now it's pretty rural, all of a sudden the top of this trash can blew off and sourdough just started streaming down the sides. And as a six-year-old, I didn't want to get whooped. So I was scraping my <laughs> arms up the side of this thing, oh trying to dump a bad kid, but it kept coming over. And you know, in about five minutes, I was just completely covered head to toe with the sourdough starter. Gosh. And I remember the, the truck stopped. I looked in, and all I hear from up front in the cab of the truck is my dad and his buddy, Phil, and they just laugh in their butts off to hear I was just covered in sourdough starter. And that's, Man. that was my first really experience with it. So it was, it was really neat. And it really, it really grew from there. So I think it was maybe four months after we opened that location, we opened the location on Bainbridge Island. And then at that point, we split from Phil. So he kept that to some pizza in Kingston. And then we did the one on that and on Bainbridge Island. And then we opened 
you know, it actually went pretty quick. I think it was within like three or four years, we had five restaurants. We did uh, a, a place called Pizza Man Pizza in Silverdale, which is another closer community, but probably half hour away from my area here. And then we uh, opened a restaurant on Bainbridge Island called That's Some Italian. Hmm. And then we opened another one called That's Some Italian in Paulsbo. And then what was it, the other one? Then we had, uh, yeah, I guess with the first one, that was five, within the first like five years. So it was kind of crazy from 1984 to 1989. You know, we went from my dad being a, you know, having to catch fish and cut down trees and sell them on the side of the road to owning, you know, the biggest chain of restaurants in our little Kitsap Peninsula. And, you know, <laughs> within a matter of a few years. And it's known for uh, being a Viking town. And you're a Viking f- a family, right? And what do these people think about this Italian stuff going on with this Viking family? They say, wait a minute, wait a minute. What are you serving us here? <laughs> well, everyone always assumes I am Italian, but I am a, I'm a Norwegian, Scottish, German. And uh, so it's, uh, <laughs> it's always a surprise to people. But, you know, especially in the 80s, you know, people, you know, Americans love pizza. Americans love carbs. They love pasta. So it was really, it was, it was a big hit, and it was a, it, it was really, really cool. And uh, you know, in '88 is when we opened that. That's some Italian, and so, or at least we did. We had one on Bainbridge Island, but it was the second one we were trying to go for more of a fine dining one in Paulsville. So, hmm. my parents decided to take two months and take a trip to Europe uh, to kind of research restaurants and recipes, and so. As at that point, I was 10 years old. We went to Europe for two months and uh, we spent like two or three weeks in Italy, two, I think two weeks in France. We spent another two weeks in Germany and then two weeks in Denmark, but all with traveling back and forth within there. And uh, it was it was really neat for me to be, you know. I already had a little bit of experience with pizza. My parents really didn't let me work a lot, but I was really interested in it, especially with the sourdough and stuff. So, you know, I, I came when I was there being a young American kid, I didn't really know any of the food or like any of the food. So huh. every day I had a margarita pizza for 60 days. That's what I that's what I ate in Europe. So I wow. really had a it, it was neat. It was kind of it was eye opening to see, you know, our American style pizza compared to European style pizza and then the differences. You know, in 1988, especially from Italian pizza to French pizza to, you know, to, you know, Denmark, Danish pizza like that. And then it was it was really and then even German pizza. So it was really cool to kind of get a perspective like that. And then when we came back after getting all these recipes and kind of getting an idea of how we wanted to do a wine shop and stuff like that, we actually hired a, a master chef. Antonio Mancuso was his name. He was it was pretty amazing. He was. Qua or no, I don't even know how to say it. When you know how to speak five, he know how to speak five languages. He was a registered uh, master chef. He was a registered master chess player. I, I remember meeting him for the first time in, in, on Bainbridge Island. That's where we lived for a long, long time. I remember he walked into our pantry and we had like you know year old dried pasta and barely any vegetables. And this guy just whipped up the best pasta meal I'd ever had in my life. I'm just like, wow, it really. You know, even after spending two months in Europe and learning as much as I could, this guy came there and just really blew me away with what he could do with pastas as well. 
So you looked so at him that, and you said, uh, you're hired. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, at that point, he had already been hired to help us open this. That's some Italian, uh, Somari by the sea. And uh, he actually, because my parents were so busy with all of these, you know, five different restaurants, I spent a lot of time just hanging out at the restaurants. Actually, it was my job. It was to, you know, they, they call it uh, washing the pavements. So every morning I would uh, spray off the front patio for the restaurant. I would make all the fettuccine noodles for the restaurant for the day. We'd actually hang them and dry them. I would do different colors for the Italian flag. So every morning we'd have another batch of, uh, of fettuccine freshly made, just hanging in the windows. And, mm. and that's where I actually became uh, uh, Antonio's apprentice. And that's kind of how it's done traditionally in Europe is it's just young kids that uh, uh, want to make a living and they want to do something more. It's really respected over in Europe more than it is over here. You know, I think, you know, with so many wars and so many people moving around when someone really wants to respect and go into a craft like that, they, they respect that a lot more. So I was taken under his wing as a chef's apprentice and I worked with him for about a year. And then over the next five years, I worked with different chefs and uh, was a chef's apprentice. So I really got a good culinary background with that. The first year, I pretty much spent washing dishes. The, the second year, I spent cutting herbs. The third year, I spent, uh, uh, you know, making uh, uh, sauces and, uh, you know, bolognese, marinara, stuff like that. And then the fourth year... I started, uh, you know, working the line more. And then the fifth year, I really started making the pastas and we're actually working the pasta line. So I really went through five years of learning everything I could for the restaurant uh, world. Mm -hmm. I remember being so frustrated, being so young, because you know, at this point, you know, even at the end of that, I was 15 years old. I was 10 to 15. I did this apprenticeship program. And I remember Antonio always said, you just, you're not old enough to get, your, your palate isn't there yet. So I was always upset that, uh, you know, how dare you say I didn't know what it tasted like. I know what things taste like, but it, it took me a while to realize that I guess your palate changes every seven years. Mm. It's not until you're in your 20s that you actually get your, your adult palate and really understand the flavors of right. foods like that. So it was really, it was really amazing experience and it was really fun for me. You know, like I said, because my parents were always working. My dad was running the front of the house. Uh, our, our business partner, Tom Pelland, uh, was uh, uh, working the, uh, you know, the bar. And then my mom was working as a, a wait staff. And yeah, so it was uh, it was neat for me to be able to immerse in it. And then, you know, in such a way, too, it was, you know, so every day we went to work. We I'd wash everything. Right. We clean the patio I'd make the pastas and. And then every day we'd come home after work and then we'd still be talking about work, how to solve problems, what issues we have, how we need to fix those problems. So I really got a, a different perspective, too, than most people get. Most people, when they go to work, they go home and they're done. I spent <laughs> at least 18 years of, you know, I guess really more like, I guess, 12 years actually going to work. And then coming home to work and back to work and, and home to work. And it was, uh, I mean, our, my life has really just been surrounded with restaurants. So it's really, it's really been fun. And then, you know, it wasn't until just recently that we, uh, you know, over all these years, we, we've, we were down to two of those restaurants. We sold that to some Italian. We, we sold off to our partner and he has a new partner there in Paulsville after, I think, 33 years. 
And then uh, we mm. still have that's a sub pizza on Bainbridge Island. It's been 37 years now. So Gosh. it's kind of, it's been a, a kind of amazing run. And it's, it's so neat too. So as much as I've grown up in the business, I still have my mom around that can really help me from her perspective. Because mm. she really went from working, waiting tables in the front of the house to actually doing all the paperwork for us. So she has more of the numbers as opposed to I have more of the functionality of the restaurants and, and being a chef and being wow. a manager that way. So it's really, we make a good team and really, really blessed. You're known for sourdough. You've let the secret out. So you're using a, a starter in, in your pieces and you have a lot of history. You ended up stretching out a little bit or, or the, you became certified I believe. And you went to a school in San Francisco. Tell me about that. Yeah. So uh, when uh, I finally, my mother had finally retired from the restaurant and I had, uh, you know, I've been working with the family for most of my life. And, uh, but I kind of wanted to change it. I stepped out a few times. I did my own restaurant. I did a place called Dino's Pizzeria in Port Ludlow, Washington, which was a Dean Martin Rat Pack themed restaurant. It was kind of fun. And, uh, and then, uh, uh, I started that and my father passed away. So I wanted to kind of do something a little different. So actually I went to the East coast and uh, I started working for a few chains over there. And even before that restaurant, I had worked for Red Robin in the city. I worked with uh, a Wolfgang Puck at his Aubergine restaurant and helped him open up. I worked with him at the Bite of Seattle a few times. So it was really neat to be able to work, you know, to go from a small family mom pops like that to work in these chains and then, like I said, my father passed away, so I went to the East Coast. I, I, uh, I started working for a place called uh, uh, McTee's Lobster House. And it's actually, it was famous in the, I think, the early 40s. There was actually a movie, I think, with Barry Grant that was based out of this restaurant. But it was it was such a, a different world for me because, you know, here I am at a little, rest, little pizzeria, you know, restaurants, you know, we're making like maybe two or $3,000 a night in sales working our tails off to running this restaurant in, you know, Gloucester, Massachusetts, uh, that serves, you know, we're doing like 30,000 to 40,000 a night in sales. So it was really, it was really interesting. It was really cool for me to kind of learn the different styles of, of management and more of the corporate side of things. And then I worked there for a few months before I moved over with Bertucci's, which is a big New England pizzeria that is, uh, uh, they are uh, with the VPNA. They're registered with uh, uh, with Italy with the, the style of pizza that they serve there, and it was it was really a, it was a great experience. And I went through their whole management training program, and like I said, just trying to get that different perspective. And then you know, I was there for you know, I, like I said, I worked for a few months for McTees, then I worked for about four or five months with uh, uh, Bertucci's, and then I got a call from my mom that. Uh, Know, she needed help. She had lost her managers and kind of, uh, I think they like her. She had some uh, managers that were dealing with uh, a depression. They had come in one night. They decided to quit without telling my mom. They cut all the cords on the phones and computers. And it's just, it was just this nightmare. And she needed help now. So I came back to, to help run the family business. So it was uh, quite an experience to come back and clean that up. But, you know, it was probably, another geez, eight years after that, I think, or more, maybe more, 10 years after that, that my mom kind of finally retired. And uh, at that point, I just, you know, been there again, like I said, from 
for about 10 years, I, I wanted to do something a little different. And uh, so I thought, you know, there's, a, I kept hearing this term pizziolo, pizziolo, pizziolo. And I just, and it was the, that's the Italian term for pizza chef. And I thought, wow, that'd be kind of cool. So I, uh, I, I looked online for these schools, like, gosh, am I gonna have to go to New York? Am I gonna have to go to uh, Italy? And boom, the first thing that shows up is the International School of Pizza with the oldest pizza school in the world, which had started, I think, in 85, and with Tony Gemignani in California. Well, if you know anything about pizza, you know about Tony Gemignani. I think my mom had been going to pizza expos and actually watched him win his first championship there. I remember my mom had come back. I, was, I think it was about 17, and my mom said, Willie, you got to see this guy. His name's Tony <laughs> Gemignani. I can't say his last name, but... It's the most amazing thing I've seen in my life. So I've been a fan of Tony since I was about 17 years old. And at this point, I think it was, yeah, I, in, I think in my uh, early 30s, I guess, no, I guess, yeah, in my late 30s. So I've been a fan of Tony's for a very long time. And here was this opportunity to go to school with him. So I jumped all over that. And it was, it was really, really cool. It was fun, you know. With my background in restaurants, in pizza, as long as I'd been, and using a starter like I had, which is really kind of uncommon nowadays, which is kind of funny because that's you know, where all bread came from with sourdough. But uh, so I went to the school and it was, you know, it's, it's not a big school. There's, you know, I think there were six students. I brought my manager at the time and, and everyone kind of said their story to tell any there because he wants to get to know everyone you know he tries to cater the school to the needs of the person that's there and really you know focus on what what you need to get out of it so i told tony my story i said you know i'm you know i've grown up in the business since i was six years old i just I live for pizza and i've been a fanboy of his since i was you know 17 it was honored to be there and you know at this time my point i think i'd already been to at least six pizza expos and uh, Tony looked at me and he said, have you ever competed before? I said, no, I don't, I don't have time to com compete, right? I didn't have the self-confidence for it, A, and B, you know, I didn't say that to him, but I, you know, what I said to him was, I don't have time for it. I'm trying to learn to be a better businessman, better be, you know, manage my, uh, my employees better, try to, you know, work the numbers better to make this, you know, a successful business. And Tony just stopped everything. He pointed at me and he said, you have, 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 have to compete. Oh my. I was just like, whoa. Gosh. My idol since I was 17 yeah. years old. Coming from Tony. To, wow. Yeah. Says jump. I said, how high? So <laughs> it was pretty cool. So it was, it was really neat, but it was, uh, it was just, it was, that's how it started. You know, I spent the next four days really getting to know him and his, uh, you know, really his business partner, Laura Meyer. I mean, these guys, you know, Here's Tony. I've been a fan of, you know, for at that point, you know, almost 20 years. And then Laura Meyer, who I'd heard a little bit about. And this girl's, you know, 10 years, 15 years younger than me. And she knows about five times more than I do about pizza. So it was just, it was really an amazing experience. And I just, I love the idea that they were passionate and they were happy to share their passion with other passionate people. Mm -hmm. And that just really stuck out to me. I just, I love that idea that that you could you could share your knowledge and your love with something like this. And like I said, I and like I said in the past, I really feel like I went to the school a pizza guy. I came out 
with my pizza masters as a pizza scientist. Because, you know, I learned so much about the science of wheat and, you know, learning about Baker's math. And and really, it was cool, too, because, you know, like I said, I I do in the sense I was six years old. There's so many techniques I learned from chefs and I taught myself just by working the dough and the pizza and the pasta for so long. So I knew what to do, but I didn't know the names of the stuff. So it was really neat to get that perspective to, to learn the names of what I was doing and why I was doing what I was doing and the science behind what I was doing. So it was just. And why everything you were doing was working, right? <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So taking Tony's advice, you ended up competing and you were in, uh, I believe in 2017, the Caputo Cup, non-traditional category. <laughs> How'd you do in this? I went to Tony's school and Tony said, you have to compete. So I was like, wow, I better freaking compete. And there was the Caputo Cup was the next competition, which I think was about six months, not even six, maybe four months after the class. And then there was the International Pizza Expo, which I think that was about six to seven months after that. And I was like, well, I want to, I want to do the Pizza Expo. I want to compete for best pizza in the world. But it's like, well, First, let's start, let's do a practice run. Let's try this Caputo Cup and just kind of see how it goes. So I, I, I planned on it. I bought the tickets for myself and my manager. I was getting ready to go. And about a month after the class, my manager walked off the job on me. So I oh, just no. spent, you know, all this money taking with me to California, trying to help build him up as a Pizziolo. And uh, he, he just kind of stuck it to me and went and worked for one of my competitors. And he continues to work for my competitors. Gosh. And uh, it, was, it, was, it was a big blow. It really no. it hit me hard. You know, I, I, I'd really uh, worked hard to build my team up the way I, so I could travel and do this kind of stuff. And then he kind of stepped out on me like that. It, mm. it, was, it was rough. I, I remember I called Tony. I said, Tony, you know, what do I do? How am I supposed to accomplish this now? And Tony just said, you need to keep going. You need to do it. So mm. I'd cancel it at first. And then I said, you know what? Tony's right. I need to, you know, once again, Tony says jump. I say how high. So I went ahead and I, 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 I was back on plan for it. And then about a month before uh, leaving uh, my, or excuse me, a week before the, the, the Atlantic City competition, my Hobart mixer broke down at our restaurant. So it was a you know, we buy used equipment mainly, and this was a you know nineteen probably fifties eighty quart Hobart, and we had a manager that had replaced them when they quit. It didn't teach someone that you can't have dough in the bowl when you turn the speeds up to four and oh. you're trying to cut cheese. So he the kid tried cutting cheese and immediately just snapped one of the. Uh, one of the gears inside of it. And so then here we are a week before the Kudo Cup and there's no mixer. No so, practice for you. <laughs> no practice for me. <laughs> so uh, luckily I was able to uh, get my, uh, uh, the guy I get most of my equipment from, uh, Masoud Sandochi. He's a really amazing guy that I've known for, you know, I think this point, almost 30 years of buying used equipment from and now new equipment because used kind of gets me in those broken situations. Um, he was able to come up and he kind of helped me. You know, I think he came up like at 10 o'clock at night. We worked until like midnight, one in the morning. We got it going three days before the Caputo Cup. So in between then, I was having to run to our Palsal restaurant from Bainbridge Island, make these 90-pound batches of dough twice a day there and bring them back to the restaurant. So it was, it was kind of a 
yeah, like you said, no practice there except Gosh. you know making more dough. So yeah, yeah, dough dough master for sure. <laughs> it was it was crazy. So at the at the uh, Caputo Cup, which which pizza did you make? Well, I ended up making a, a pizza at that time. I had had around for about six years. It was my gorgonzola vegetarian. Um, we had a, a gorgonzola dressing. We'd been making at that point for about fifteen years in our restaurants. And, uh, you know, we always like doing different sauces on our pizzas. So I did my gorgonzola vegetarian, which has this, uh, it, it, this gorgonzola sauce, which is really kind of, it's a mild gorgonzola sauce, not super heavy with buttermilk and mayonnaise and gorgonzola crumbles. And gosh, so I use that as the base. And then I did some mushrooms, some red onions, some pine nuts and garlic. Then afterwards, I, I like to take feta cheese and I like to put it in a Cuisinart. And kind of get it down into a really a light texture, and I put it on the pizza as a finishing after the pizza bakes, and it, uh, it actually the heat residual heat actually melts it on there because uh, what we found is with feta it can actually really dry out when you're cooking it mm. for seven minutes in the oven, so that way it keeps its moisture content in it. And you know, after Tony's school, Tony had really uh, like you say, I went a uh, pizza guy came out of pizza scientist. He'd really mm-hmm. talked to me about you know, hydrations, baker's percentages. And I think before we'd gone our, our family recipe for years and years, we were doing like a 54% hydration dough. And that's, you know, I might as well have been making a bagel. That's, that's yeah. what they do there. <laughs> even in, even with the, uh, it's kind of neat. The, uh, the, uh, Chicago tavern style, the, the thin crust style there is a really low, uh, hydration dough also that they, they do really thin, mm. but, uh, so I had changed my hydration. I went from 54%, I think at that point, up to 68% hydration. So I really changed everything in my dough. And then I had all these recipes I'd already had for seven years. I remember, you know, so I, you know, canceled the trip twice. I'm finally going there with a different manager. And we had <laughs> our dough from the shop. It wasn't, I didn't make it there. I didn't make it myself. It was just the same pizza dough that we use for our customers. We had two dough balls. Which I guess we had four, and that we brought with us with all the toppings, and we worked on. Uh, you know, we get there, and it was it was interesting. You know, you have to find a Philly, then we had to drive down to Atlantic City, and uh, you know, I didn't know anyone there besides Tony Gemiani. So you're walking this room, and out of nowhere, you know, you get the love of uh, you got to love Facebook. I had uh, uh, I had a, one of the guys that uh, he does the page called Pizza Porn, and uh, he. He called out to me. He said, hey, Will Grant. I'm like, I'm like who, who are these people? What's going on? I, someone knows me. And so <laughs> it was really neat. It was just the immediately everyone treated like family. And, you know, I had my mom there and my manager there. So I think everyone really appreciated that. And Tony was there. And I remember it was so we get there. We say hello to a few people. And we're here we are uh, on competition day. And then uh, so everyone, there was three competitions. There was a Neapolitan the traditional and non-traditional. I think there were some pasta competitions also. So I'm watching uh, the traditional and it's just, you know, it's just two topping pizzas. They have, you have a choice of seven toppings and my manager is doing that one. I was doing non-traditional. And then, you know, here's, I'm watching these, you know, these guys from the world pizza champion team. There's Laura Meyer, my teacher from this class. She's competing against me. Oh now we, well, yeah. It was like, uh, there's, you know, there's these, yeah, who was it? It was, uh, 
there's guys from the uh, Food Network are uh, are on there. They're competing against me. And all I can think to myself is, why didn't I do traditional? Why did I do Neapolitan or something? Why have to go against all these food celebrities? What was I thinking? What's going on here? <laughs> and so it was. Uh, it was. It was quite the experience. And uh, you know, my mom said it to me best. She said, "Willie, you're just uh, you're just making pizza. That's what you've done for the last you know." You know, at that point, 30 years, 33 years, you're just making another pizza that you've been making for the last seven years. You know, just make your darn pizza and you're going to be fine. So I made my pizza and then it went really well. And the second day, my manager made his pizza and uh, it came time to uh, for it to announce the winners. And uh, I remember I expected, you know, if if I was going to place, I figured my manager would have to place also because of the same dough with the toppings and stuff. I think he did a pepperoni onion pizza. So they started with traditional and they said the different names. They didn't say his name. They got to non-traditional. I was like, well, I, I probably didn't win anything. I guess he wasn't in there. And so third, second, first place, Will Grant with that to some pizza on Bainbridge Island. Ladies For and gentlemen, free- number one <laughs> winner, Caputo Cup, Will Grant. And That's I remember amazing. everyone's ah. just like, Who's the guy with the beard from Seattle was the big joke there because no one knew, like I said, who I was. Here I am, this non-Italian guy with a non-Italian flower, and uh, I I made best pizza in the nation. And then uh, it was just amazing. I remember my mom was crying, calling my wife, and I was just screaming, hooting and hollering and hugging Tony because he had really helped me out with it. And I, Mm. I felt so bad for my manager. I said, well, how did he do? He says, I don't know. I placed fifth in the Neapolitan division. It's like, wow, that's pretty good for a pepperoni onion pizza in the traditional competition. <laughs> and we ended up getting home. And when they released all the scores, we found out that he had actually gotten second place in traditional. Because oh they actually put him in the wrong one. So we were actually the top rated pizza in the United States for 2017 because we we're the only pizzeria to win in two categories like that. specialize in a lot of different pizzas you know you've come a long way obviously i mean and you're a champ world champion i'm always curious for somebody that has you know your history and your abilities when you bring a pizza say home or when you bring some up to a party what's your go-to pizza to bring um you know it really depends on the people around me um lately i've just really been loving neapolitan style uh I just went back down to Tony's school and got certified as a Neapolitan pizziolo mm. and traditional Italian pizziolo. So I've really been, you know, at, at Sardo Willie's, we have a Neapolitan pizza oven there. So it's nothing like cooking a pizza in under 60 seconds and really Gosh. enjoying that and adding my flair to that as well. So I would, you know, I, uh, and the New Yorker is kind of based off one of Tony's pizzas. He has one called the New Yorker where he does sausage and pepperoni pizza mm-hmm. and uh, with ricotta dollops. So I've, I've taken a step further. I do. Uh, I love Detroit style is really that's one of the things I learned at Tony's also was how to I went for the pan Sicilian course the first time. And learn how to make this Detroit style pizza. Which well, helps. wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now, I, I know that because my daughter went to your shop, uh, Sourdough Willie's. Sourdough Willie's Pizzeria. Sourdough Willie's Pizzeria. So she went down and picked up two Detroit pizzas. I think one was a spicy style. 
It's probably yeah. spicy Hawaiian. That's it. And then the other one I, I, I saw, she sent me photos, but she and the kids were blown away. She looked and she sent me photos and looked, called me. She goes, oh my gosh, dude, what the heck is going on here? And I said, the guy's a world champion. Come on. you know. <laughs> and she's she's right in your neck of the woods in Poulsville. So I was so proud of uh, to share you with her. So, and I really, so thank you. Yeah, absolutely. That's so cool. Yeah, well, well, that pizza, you showed me pictures of that is actually, that's that pizza, the Detroit and New Yorker pizza, where I do pepperoni, Italian sausage on the bake. And then after the bake, we put the hot sauce on. And then we do uh, dollops of ricotta cheese over each slice. And then we do a jiffinade of basil, which is a little thinly cut uh, basil pieces over the top. And then we cover it with Mike's hot honey, which is a chili infused honey. And it's absolutely one of the best things ever made. You add that caramelized cheese on the edge, like the best, you know, toasted cheese sandwich with that little burnt cheese on the side or on every single slice. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and then with that hot honey, the ricotta, the basil, the strong tomato, and it's 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 a great pizza. I really like it a lot. Well, you know, uh, it's exciting. Uh, you have upcoming, or what's coming up soon is going to be the International Pizza Expo. And I believe this podcast is going to air the day you start. So hopefully, oh, I'll kind of try to get a little bit earlier. But you've got a couple of workshops and a seminar. Why don't you tell us about those? I'm doing two workshops with a teammate, Nick Bogaz. I'm doing uh, uh, how to train managers and, uh, and how to uh, train a winning staff. So I'm doing two workshops with him. Mm-hmm. It's uh, two-day courses, I think the four hours each. And then also I'm doing working with sourdough on Monday after the second course Gosh. and just kind of sharing my techniques with sourdough and how I've learned how to work with it over the years and how I use sourdough. Well, a little prelude to that. I think you said you once you use about 20% of the starter, right? Is that the um, On some of my doughs, yeah, I do. I found uh, uh, with my pan pizzas, I do really high hydration and do a long fermentation on it as well. So Mm-hmm. We do try to do a three to four day fermentation. I found that with 20% hydration or excuse me, 20% starter on uh, a dough that sits for that long is really, it over ferments it. So I've actually dropped down to 10% on my pan, really high hydration doughs, as opposed mm-hmm. to my New York doughs. I, uh, I keep those at uh, uh, 20%. So I'm always kind of tinkering a little bit, trying to make the best quality product. And you know, it's sourdough. So when it's summertime and it's, you know, 90 to 100 degrees out here, you have to kind of change how you feed it, how, how you use it in your recipes compared in the wintertime. Well, I was going to say, you have a, your, uh, your sourdough starter is over 100 years old. So I hope you've been feeding it during that whole time. Right? <laughs> you didn't miss a feed, right? <laughs> never, never, never. We feed it every day. And it's actually uh, something that makes ours a little unique also, besides being and when the oldest uh, commercially used in any restaurant in, in the world is that it also has never been refrigerated in over 37 years. As long oh. as we've had it, we've never, ever refrigerated it. That's amazing so, to me. Wow. Yeah. And actually, after I, I won the pizza, or the uh, Caputo Cup, um, the uh, sourdough library and Carl Desmet from Belgium actually flew out from Belgium got samples of my sourdough and drove up the uh, Alaskan highway and got a few more samples and took them back to his uh, sourdough library in Belgium and actually made a whole documentary movie about it. You, I tell you. Questforsourdough.com. It was really cool. It was neat. That's, an, that's a crazy honor. Not everybody can get in that. And they, they just are trying to find the best starters in the world. So they're highlighting, showcasing yours there at their library. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really, they have 135 now. 
but you can register online. So if you're a home baker at home, definitely register online. If they think it's unique, then they will track you down and they will get some of your starter. But I think there's a few thousand online, but they're in the library itself. I think I think they're up to 135. Mine's 104. So they've, they've added a few and then actually quite a few in the last three years. But it's uh, yeah, it's really neat. I actually uh, went and did a competition in London in 2019. And then afterwards, we uh, actually jumped on a train and went out to Belgium and we visited mm. the Sourdough Library and really got a full tour of the whole Taste for Innovation they have there uh, put on by Pirato. So it was really it was really amazing and neat experience to really see how they store our sourdoughs and then see my sourdough starter in another country like that it was pretty fun. question on the international pizza expo are you competing this this time too or no i'm not competing i'm actually going to be running a booth okay uh, ever since I, I won a national title so i'm good on competing in yeah States. for sure <laughs> so actually the next time i will compete will be either depending on whether the london show happens again or when it happens but definitely for sure i'll be competing in pharma in 20 april 2022 so I just I just compete uh, internationally now. So, but yeah, at the expo, I'll be at the Shepherd's Grain booth, okay, um, sharing a locally milled and 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 flour and actually uh, sustainably farmed flour. That's really kind of I think it's going to be the future of farming here pretty soon. Mm-hmm. And it's really neat to be able to be the face of this flour company. They're they're showcasing their new double zero flour for pizzas, and uh, I'll be there doing demonstrations and uh, nice working with other pizziolos. I asked about the competition. It's selfish because I wanted to try the pizza you were making. So, but if you hopefully you'll make throw together a couple of samples that I can because I'll be at the show. Uh, I'm really super excited about it, and I'm going to attend your sourdough seminar. Uh, that'll awesome. Be awesome! That'd be great. That'll be yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I'll be uh, we'll be making pizzas the whole time. I'm bringing out oh. uh, three staff members actually to make pizzas the whole time also. So the booth will always have uh, uh, pizzas there, even if I'm not there, because I'll be doing a little bit different things at the show. I'll be at the Lloyd's booth. I'll be doing a seminar with Tony Gemiani on this Stracciella, uh Roman-style pizza. So it'll be, uh, it'll be a lot of fun. That'll be a great one. I'm going to be at, I think that's on, a, uh, is that on Tuesday, 1130 AM? Yes, yes. Okay, okay. Because I'll be interviewing Tony right before that. So I'll get there early awesome. so I don't jump into your into your guys' uh, you know. <laughs> so let me ask you, so uh, how can people follow you? So sardowillies.com and then also that's somepizza.com are uh, our websites for both locations. I'm on Instagram with uh, that's a some pizza at that's a some pizza and at sardowillies, no apostrophe S. I'm really big on Facebook and a little bit more on in, and a little on Instagram, but definitely uh, uh, yeah, Facebook is the go-to place to follow me. I've been a little quiet recently with getting ready for the show and going to the school and uh but uh yeah i I definitely that's the way to follow me is uh on through facebook at uh, that's a some pizza and sourdough willies somebody wants to visit your beautiful town of pulse or go jump over to kingston or bainbridge island some of the best pizza in the world so that's that's a place to find you too absolutely and then also i'm uh going to be opening very soon actually in uh, september we're going to be starting doing classes i'm opening my own uh, Pacific Northwest School of Sourdough Pizza in Paulsbo. Okay. And it's going to actually not in Paulsbo, it's going to be in Kingston at the Sourdough Willies location. So currently we're closed two days a week at Sourdough Willies and we're mainly open in the evenings in our back dining room. So I'll be taking that time to 
work with people on uh, doing home bakers classes, uh, uh, doing date night classes, kids classes for you know how to make different styles of pizza and just how to make pizza at home. And then as well as uh, I'm working on, uh, uh, that's why I was finishing Tony's school as I'm working on uh, getting a master certification as a master instructor for pizzas. So hopefully I'll be going to Italy soon to completing that. And uh, so I'll be able to do the same courses like uh, Tony does, uh, 40 courses for professionals learning how to do Napolitano style, uh, Detroit style, New York style, and uh, traditional and traditional uh, and classic Italian styles of pizza. So I'm really excited. You know, I was so inspired by Tony from what he did there. I thought, well, what a great way, you know, I've been traveling so much. My, my joke for, uh, it was in 2019, I went on 14 trips to four different countries. In 2020, I left the county three times. So oh, gosh. I, it was you know, before, you know, 2020 happened with COVID. I really, you know, I was traveling a lot. and I wanted to stay at home a little more. I thought, what a great way to do that than opening my own school there. And, uh, you know, on top of that, with all my international travels I've been doing, mm. have these different uh, chefs that I met from around the world, from Italy, from, you know, Norway, from Germany, have them. And then, of course, my World Pizza Champion teammates have to come out and do classes with me here. So mm. we'll have monthly classes, monthly specials at the restaurant that will be based on the classes that we'll do with the different celebrity chefs that will have come and uh, work with us making pizzas there. So. Just a lot of a lot of fun stuff coming to Kingston very soon. No kidding! It's so September. I'll have to uh, follow you, and maybe you can send me a reminder. My I know my daughter uh, will jump on that because uh, she awesome. loves to cook. Oh man, she'll love it! And it also sounds like a good way uh, for you to recruit some awesome apprentices uh, and some new hires. You know, I mean this this crazy market right now for to try to find uh, labor. It is. It's it's definitely been uh, interesting with the restaurant world with. Uh, you know, uh, having the federal extra funds run out on in September, you know, also in September school starts here. So the parents that have had to stay home to watch their kids mm. and then just, you know, the, the fears of COVID still, especially with these Delta variants going around and stuff like that. So it'll be nice to to, to hopefully have things settle down a little bit with the wintertime and, and we'll be able to kind of move forward on this stuff also. Great. Well, listen, Will, thank you. I'm so honored to have you on the podcast. I can't wait to see you at the expo. So I'm really, really excited for you and also for everything coming up for you in the future. Well, thank you so much. I really look forward to seeing you there, meeting you in person. And uh, yeah, going over, we'll have to have have you make a pizza with me at the booth. And uh, we'll have to say hello at uh, Tony's booth when we're doing our uh, Roman pizzas over there. For all of you listening out there, Chef Special is part of the Believe Podcast Network. Check it out at believe.com and follow me on Instagram at Patrick Honeywell. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.